Welcome back to the Respected Arrive podcast. I'm Tedward, and man, oh man, winter is over. Thank God. It has been a long one, and it's actually been really difficult to keep the podcast going because of winter and COVID. It's hard, It's you know, it's really hard to convince people to come out to your basement in the middle of nowhere, because that's essentially what this recording studio is, except that may not be the case for too much longer, because... Our friends over at Garage 42 in Woburn, Massachusetts, I think we can let the cat out of the bag a little bit on this one, but they are opening a new facility in Acton, Massachusetts. And they've actually got a lot of construction projects going on between Run Scott and Garage 42, which is very exciting. Uh, one of the things I think, I think this is going to happen. Don't hold me to it. Don't hold them to it. But I think there's going to be some sort of podcasting studio happening and we'll be able to just host things there. It'll be a lot easier and more. I mean, who doesn't want to go to a place with a bunch of supercars to come and record with this friendly face? So I'm excited about that. But almost more importantly than that, I have a new car. I traded my E92 M3 for a Honda Civic. What a bizarro world this is. But no, I, I did. I bought a 2022 Honda Civic Si. Surprisingly hard to get. I don't know anybody else with one of these cars. I don't have anyone to commiserate with or talk about it with because I, I personally don't know a soul who has gotten one of these. It's bizarre when you're driving a Honda Civic after driving like supercars for work all day and people are giving you the nod in the Civic because it's like nobody's seen one. So it does have this bizarre cachet at the moment, which is kind of fun. And I find that very entertaining that a Civic has that sort of like je ne sais quoi on the road. <laughs> but I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I love the fact that there's just less hassle and worry. And now my relationship with Wild Motorsport is going to be a lot more fun because I do still have my E39 M5. And that means that when I'm using Wild Motorsport, it's not going to be because I need to get to work tomorrow and my car is failing. It's going to be because, hey, let's do a suspension upgrade on the M5. Or, hey, maybe something is wrong with the M5. Take it for as long as you need it. Don't worry about it. It really sucks to have a daily driver that you're, you're like completely reliant on to do your job. And you have to take such large chunks of your of your of your month out just to keep the car alive and running so um while i will miss my m3 i will not miss a hundred and ten thousand mile m3 i think i miss it for being like a 50 or 60 thousand mile car i don't think i miss it as being a hundred plus thousand mile car so anyway good things happening right now loving my honda there's videos uh, an abundance on the channel with that car at this moment. So we're going to be doing more. I'm going to be doing more. Why do I say we? I, sometimes I say we as if this is like this big operation. It's like, it's me. It's just me. It's just me. I got a lot of, I got a great network. I got great clients. I got good people in my life. But when it comes down to it, it's just, it all relies on me picking up the mic or the camera. So I'm going to be trying to do as much of that as possible. Just touching in. We're not going to make it a Civic channel. Don't worry. And there's still German cars in the fleet. I've got the 911 and the M5 up at Garage 42 right now. They're going to be coming out soon. Got to do an oil change on the uh, on the 911. And the M5, now that it's like freshly ceramic coated and all that stuff, paint corrected from craft detailing, I think we got to do the same thing on the Civic. Uh, I'm excited to bring both of those cars, the 911 and the M5, to some shows this season. But... You know, it's about the drive. 
I, as much as I love a good car show, it's always about the drive. But the one car show you can always find me at is going to be that Lars Anderson Cars and Coffee. I usually go up there with Boston Motorsports because they often give me dibs on whatever is in the showroom. So, you know, not going to complain about showing up in a bright yellow McLaren 765 LT Spider if they happen to get one in. So fingers crossed. But that's the deal. You can always find me at the Lars Anderson Auto Museum at the Cars and Coffee events. So, you know, some people ask, Do you, are you going to put on a show of your own? Probably not. That sounds like a lot of work. I would rather just be at a show that exists and is already successful. <laughs> but you know, I like to meet you. I've been actually seeing more and more of you guys lately in the wild, which is interesting because this is not something that like typically happened often. I mean, of course I would see you at a car show. I mean, that's, that's my, that's where we're concentrated. Uh, but lately I'm starting to see more people at like gas stations or taking pictures on the highway. Um, I've been approached at like an empty beach in Narragansett and, you know, I'm always surprised that you guys even recognize me. I don't, I don't show my face that much, but I appreciate it. You're always so friendly. Um, yeah, it, it means the world to me that this is kind of a thing now. Uh, and you know, I, I just hope, I hope that I'm always friendly. <laughs> well, I got, my big fear is that like, I've just had a big blowout fight with someone and, and then like suddenly someone walks up and is like, Hey, you're the guy from the YouTubes and I'm going to have to try to gr grin and bear it. But no, that, that has not been the case. So I, I do appreciate it. It's always good. And whenever I see you guys in those types of scenarios, I always try to hand out some merch, like a sticker or something, just, you know, if I've got it on me, just because I, I, you know, I do appreciate it. Today, today, because I've bought a Honda, we've got the Honda boys on. We've got Powin of the YouTube channel Pow Winning, and he is uh, a, a, a important employee of Acuity, the uh, aftermarket Honda shifter company. They do a bunch of stuff, but the shifters are what um, I think of when I think of Acuity. They also sponsor Eddie's race car you know eddie you know him his type r the 10th gen type r it's got acuity emblazoned across this and you usually see me wearing an acuity sweatshirt they always have good merch but i've got eddie and powen on the show today and this is an exciting show because it's not like a specific thing like we talk about a lot here um I, you know, I'm, I'm good friends with both of these guys. Powen has helped me a lot in the past and Powen is a great wrench. You know, he, he's, he's a very, like, he's an incredibly talented DIY kind of guy. And he's also someone who never says no to anything. If you said like, Hey, I really need a hand, you know, switching up my exhaust on my car. He, he'll be there. And he's done that for me. He's done that for a lot of us. So, you know, don't take advantage of Powen because he will say yes, but, <laughs> but I'm glad to have him on the show. And I, and I want to let him kind of tell his story because he's a mechanical engineer. He went to UVM and he's, he's made his way into this sort of like marketing space of Honda aftermarket parts, but he's still doing his YouTube thing. He's still very successful at what he does. And, you know, I like this story because it shows what you can do if you've come away with a degree and you've started working in a field that maybe you're not that thrilled with, maybe you're not that happy with, and you still can come away and, and migrate into something that you're really passionate about. And Powen is all about that passion. We've been meaning to film or film this. We've been meaning to record this for, for quite a few weeks now between weather, family problems, uh, all kinds of stuff. It's just it's just been a calamity. We finally got to sit down and have this conversation, but enough about me. Let's get into it. Here's Powin and Eddie. Well, 
Welcome. We have Powin. We have Eddie. We got a couple of Honda. Actually, not a couple of Honda yeah. boys. We are the Honda we boys. We got three <laughs> Honda boys, and I'm the only one who drove a fucking Honda here. We got an Infinity rat trap outside yeah, that yeah, makes you do. look like you are ready to run from the police. I am. You look like you you host those street takeovers in Oakland when you drive that car. I may or may not have. That's, that's your vibe. And then um, you came in an M3. And yes, sir. literally pulled into the driveway, and the hood is already up. Yes, sir. Which is, uh, it was sweet, sweet satisfaction to look out the window and see an M3 with the hood up upon arrival, and feeling like, yep, yeah, this is why I made choices. Mm-hmm. But it you do normal. have, you do have an a uh, 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 tenth gen yes. SI. Yes, I do. I I got the 2020, so it's kind of like that last, I guess, top technology spec that you can get for that generation. So it has all the bells and whistles with like Honda Sensing, which which you have actually in your 11th gen as an entry, like an in like a the first SI to hit the states in the 11th gen, and I'm kind of jealous. Do you have heated seats? I do. Uh. I do. I do. I'm sorry. See, this is the thing that Acura is coming out with this Integra, and they're limiting things. They're like, oh, you want, oh, you want that? You're gonna have to spend another four thousand dollars on this hatchback. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's all. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I don't care. I don't even care. You know what you do? You go buy one of those heated blankets. <laughs> or better yet, I, I'm wearing one of these heated sweaters. Are you kidding me? Okay, what you guys can't see this. Shit? Powin literally just revealed that his 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 <laughs> zip-up hoodie has a light on it. And you are battery-powered. Tony yes, Stark over here. That yes, is sir. the ultimate skinny dude flex where I, you're like, I am a small, like, I'm like a, 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 a small dog shaking, but now I'm not because I got this heated fucking... You're going to see me with my hands in my armpits all the time. My people... The this only warm good. spot on my body. That I like really this. cool. How long does the battery last? Um, on the lowest setting, which is on right now, probably about six to eight hours. Oh my god! So what? Could, if I'm like in the middle of my garage, you know, I'm working at my parents' it's unheated garage. Like it's pretty cozy to work in. Um, but Do on the maximum setting, which is like borderline, like it can kind of burn fire. you if you were to like lean against it. You're talking about maybe three hours. So if you're like in a blizzard and you need some warmth to just get some cover and. Have you slept in it? No, I refuse to. That's what I'm scared of. There have yeah, been nights where I haven't addicted. been 100% sober and just, you know, like sitting on the couch and I forget that it's on and I wake up and kind of like my back's kind of itchy. Ooh, ooh, what's going on here? Oh, hot back there. The radiation. All right, so as you can tell, we're all good friends. We've known each other for a long time. And I actually met Powin through, I met you through YouTube. I'm, yes, I'm, I think if we never had the Apex event, like, a long no, time it was ago. Before, before that. that. Yes, it was. It was because like an we Eli were thing. we were actually one of the earlier guys that got into the event because we were friends with Eli and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I met you now. through we Eli because yeah, we yeah, were, yeah. there was like the old ignition tube days. Tedward was just yes. like a bizarro fever dream of a vlog, and and then and then I was starting to be like, whoa, like there's these other YouTubers nearby. So we had like Max and Alex doing Wastegate Warriors. We had ignition oh tube. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow. wow. I forgot about we had, oh, that. Oh, try that. I will never forget about that. We had Ignition Tube, which was Powin and Eli. Or it was Eli, but Powin, you were like a staple of that. Because to me, I now at that generation, it was like you guys were the local TJ and, and um, Calvin. Calvin. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> funny because like I'm, I'm actually still pretty close with Calvin on the other side. I haven't really touched base with him in a little bit, but... Every time I visited California, it's funny enough, I actually go visit Calvin before I visit TJ and the throttle group. Absolutely. He's kind of like my ticket into the throttle group. <laughs> exactly. But that's the thing is like Calvin, Calvin's the one that when we did do that like more successful Apex event, mm-hmm. he was the one I hung out with him more than probably anyone else other than like Chris. Um, 
and some of those guys. And I think the reason why I resonated with Calvin so much is because we were kind of on that level where we resonated as a helping hand almost, and we just wanted to be a part of, you know, building and working on people's cars. Like, at the time, I never had an intention on making a channel. I just wanted to help my friends. Well, you know? except wanted... the f for the fact that you, not only were you like, oh, I'm a helping hand, you guys were like nice and funny. And so <laughs> let's, all right, enough of Calvin. We're talking about you. You brought a lot of knowledge and I guess, let's say fearlessness and problem solving to to the ignition tube thing which is how I discovered you. I was like, whoa, like, you know, I can see Eli having dreams of like, ooh, this is the project I want to do. And mm -hmm. him having enough know-how to be able to get the job started or like know what he needs and this and that, like he knows what to do. But I think there were a lot of like fabricating things that you were like, give me the fucking saw and I will cut this off for you and we will make sure this is going to function. It was Yeah, I feel like out of out of the friends that I, I started out working on cars with, like I come from a background where like, just give it a go. You know, if you screw it up, you screw it up. And if you don't, you learn something. And I think that's kind of how I was always raised to pursue things. Like, to be honest, like my, my parents were very, are working really hard 24-7 in terms of managing a family restaurant. Rice Cube Lexington. <laughs> Thanks for the plug. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like they didn't have time to teach me how to work on a car. My dad didn't even have enough time to teach me how to drive stick. So like I was kind of up on my own to really learn all this stuff. Yeah, so where did you get, A, the balls to like start tearing into things? What was the car? And was your, were your parents like receptive to this? Like I know in my house, like you're here, you're looking around, this is my parents' house. This is not a very welcoming place for me to tear down a car. I, you know, it's, it's very interesting because when I first, well, I wouldn't say when I first started working, my dad was the person that kind of imposed working on cars in our driveway in our family and it was mainly out of need-based stuff because there was a period of time where we were pretty affluent in the restaurant business the restaurant was doing great and then oh wait happened housing market crash and my family was borderline needing to sell our house for and sure all that stuff and well and you live in like a like I, yeah i can't buy into that <laughs> yeah well we bought in when it probably was already expensive and now it's atrociously expensive i mean there's no way i'm living there yeah and my parents are trying to downsize and retire eventually yeah. so they're just trying to take a couple years figure out the logistics and stuff but i mean honestly my dad started working on G gertrude the the boosted three three series that you have on the channel yeah the convertible that you yeah, yeah you put a big old snail on it and yes, airbags and it is definitely mm -hmm. like the powin car which is weird because now i think of you as the honda boy even though yes. i totally know you as this like bmw thing i want to say the bmw stuff has given me the foundation of where i'm at today I, I i credit a lot of my achievements from the early days of that stuff but anyways my dad had that car he bought it brand new off the showroom that's floor. pretty badass because that's a 325 yeah, 325i it was literally the model that like i think one salesman drove from illinois and then put it in a showroom in bmw of sudbury i want to say i'm not sure exactly which dealer but he here's the funny part though he traded in an E30 M3 for it. What? And that's, Your dad had an E30 M3? Yes. And there's one picture of him that I can't ever find, but he was he is a baller pick. And it's funny because like he looks almost like me in that picture. Same like hairstyle, the long, when I have long hair. Yeah. You know, the longest hairstyle. I still, stuff. you're wearing a hat right now, but I still oh, picture yeah. you with a man bun. Yeah, see, like, when I, had long, I haven't seen that in years. I haven't <laughs> thought about you. With when a man I had bun. long hair, though, in my head, you were I was pounding. 
<laughs> I know I didn't look anything like that I when I looked say, in the mirror. Dreaming, it's never going to happen. <laughs> but in my head, I'm like, I'm as cool as fucking Palin circa 2014. <laughs> yeah. Well, side side story. The only reason why I got rid of it was because, one, Eli got really annoyed when we were filming together because my hair would brush debris into his camera lens and his face. Functionality. Long hair is bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a lot of work. Because you're, I work underneath a car in my driveway. So every time I turn around, like the hair literally like is like a little cleaning brush. And so oh I would take God. a shower, and my mom would be horrified at the debris that just washes down the drain. <laughs> and then she'd just beg for me to just, like, just, just like hold yourself down with something before you come inside. Oh but God. anyways, yeah, like, my dad started working on that car because the history of that car was also jumpy. I was actually just talking to my girlfriend about it. Um, my dad bought it brand new. He drove it for a couple of years. Then I got a little bit older where he had to take me around to more places. So we ended up getting, I think, a minivan and then, you know, some family sedans. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he gave that car to my uncle, who at the time was probably in his early 20s. So he was, you know, like very aggressive and like very out there. So he kind of beat on the car for a little bit. He actually got it stolen, too. That's a story I don't think I told you guys. He left the keys in the car at a party for like five minutes. Somebody just walked off with the car or drove off with the car. And then right. they found it downtown abandoned in the middle of, a, uh, I think it was either like Arlington or somewhere around Bilreka yeah. in Arlington, that area. That's and crazy. Just got back in the car with the spare set of keys and drove back. So that's why I only have one set of keys for the car too. But anyways, he started working on it because he abandoned the car at our other residence in Bilreka. Um, and basically the car sat for almost a decade. And then when I was in like middle school, he decided to bring it back out and work on it. Sure. And that's kind of, kind of what got the bug going. And you were like, Ooh, I could, I could learn how to do this. I could do that. And then, yeah. and then did you just like kind of inherit the car? It was like, Oh, here, Powin, like, this, yes. is, this is what you'll be driving. Cause I remember the first time he brought it home. He brought it on a tow truck because he tried driving it, just straight up starting it and driving it, and the radiator and coolant hose just kaboom, exploded. On a BMW? Yeah, how never surprising, right? I don't know about that. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't add up for it me. It was lying. I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. So I think the what very a, yeah, it's a fluke. It's just, That's a fluke. That thing must have must have been a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. Lemon. But yeah, the very first I think things we worked on were radiator, coolant hoses, water pump, and alternator. All things that the average, I think, DIY guy would likely tackle with Sure. You know, like as as like a project car that you're just kind of like, whatever. But also know? like a pretty satisfying project because there's a lot of mess involved in that. Like yes. you really, like when you replace a cooling system, you very much feel like you are dissecting a car. Yeah. You know, and like you're not going that crazy in reality. You're di you're removing a mm -hmm. hose and I'm like unscrewing a radiator and ripping it out. And, and now that I think about it, it's funny because my dad at the time was very strict in not letting me touch certain things. And I think my fearlessness came from his kind of like, ah, I'm just going to give it a go, but you be careful because I don't know how dangerous this is. I don't know if you should be touching this. He wore gloves, but I always kind of held the tools. and. Oh, see, and mine him. was the opposite. Mine was more like this, especially with that car, it would have been like, I know what I'm doing. I know you could try it, but if you fuck it up, this car is expensive. So don't fuck it up because we are already living above our means having we have no business with this m3 or this mm -hmm. bmw <laughs> yeah you know what i mean so what are you doing you're gonna you could fuck it up this is the end this is yeah. it i think i think my dad didn't really care like 
success or failure how it went was because it, he he brought the car back from like a midlife crisis itch you know? sure he just he couldn't get that motorcycle you know or he wasn't a motorcycle guy so the closest thing to it was take back that old convertible that he used to give to his uh, nephew to now drive. luckily your dad probably doesn't know what bring a trailer is no and so that means he's not looking at e30 m3 prices i he tell <laughs> i tell him every day i kind of like dad man like if you hadn't traded it in we would have been rocking with like at least a twenty-five thousand dollars shell, <laughs> you know. Yeah, for the sure. Very I mean, least. They're yeah. like comfortably like eighty-five grand now yeah. for like not a great one for, for a beater for yeah. like, like a track for like a driver. And yeah. the story behind how you had that car was interesting too, because basically he bought it out of spite because the salespeople didn't give him the time of day. He, if you see my dad, and you know my dad, he was so he was like, oh fuck you, I'm buying the best thing in the yeah. Showroom. He pulled out some. He pulled out. I think. Well, the story goes is he walks in with like like a really baggy white uh, shirt on, like cargo shorts. If you know my dad, he wears loose-fitting clothes all the time. So he just looks like a, a weekend guy that's about to go golfing, like all the time. But uh, he walks in, and nobody gives him the time of day, and he gets pissed, and then he just pulls out the, the fuck you money, platinum, like Chase or whatever platinum card at the time was, and like glimmers it, and then the salesperson across the room is like, oh, sir, please sit down here. Would you like a coffee? And he goes like, screw you. I don't want that the car. Co- I don't want the coffee. I want the car. Yeah, and he's like, I'm getting that car. And then he was like, oh, do you want... It's like, no, no, buying that car. And then he just, he leaves within like a, it was like a pretty top spec. I don't know exactly what it was, but he keeps saying it's like, he throws the word Evo out there a lot. So I don't know exactly if it's just him talking out of his butt, but the one that he had. Like the thing is though, he wouldn't know that word associated with that car if it wasn't. I know. I was going to (laughs) say, unless Eddie's eyes just lit the fuck up. knew what he was buying, which very well could be. It most likely was an Evo. I mean, it could have yeah. just been sitting there. And like the only way, the wing is the easiest way to know. It's yes, Evo, it had right? the wing. It's like, it yeah, has like it that. Like, it's got that like yep. separated wing that kind of like that in the turns interior had bit. I think different seats. Yep. I think it had a little different seats and to he, it. His was in silver too, so oh. he, he loves. See, this is badass because I always just think of them as black and red. So like, yep. or sometimes white, but like right. a silver E30 is pretty badass. That could have put you through college, pound. There's probably like twelve million actually there's not enough people that listen to this there's probably 12 individuals who are like they no, evo's never paid in silver <laughs> i know idiots exactly. yeah i have no idea but i know I that have no idea i know that 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 car he already has his whole host of stories too like he did a street race once with my mom <laughs> when when they were dating and nothing like an s14 street racing where it's just like we're in the top tier bmw and it's slower than everything that's come out before yeah. this in the world like it's so bizarre that, it's like not a fast car no, but somehow it, but it's like it's just a chuckle it was a homologation car so it was a chuckable track rat but like it was a momentum car the Mm -hmm. the only reason that car was built was for racing yeah the engine for racing that car on the street probably is slower than most camrys probably a total pain in the ass yeah camrys are always the benchmark for speed for me if you are slower if you're slower than a v6 camry you ain't shit i mean (laughs) nowadays though i'd say an ultima v6 because that's what everybody be rocking well yeah but those are the fastest cars in the world i know i saw a tow truck today a flatbed and it had an ultima on the flatbed and had ultima towing it like or they were towing an ultima yeah and i was like this is and they probably fucking crashed into each other i bet he picked them up in one accident no hezzy dude Surprisingly, around my area, it's not only Altimas, it's like Dodge Challengers. Oh, oh well, that's second oh on the God. list. The second you see those yellow bumper guards, you're fucked. Dude, it's it's not like no hate to these Challenger guys, oh, no. but the ones w- near welcome me it. in, in oh, Everett. No, no, that's like, what's keeping Dodge We want engagement. We want engagement. We want right? emails. I want angry people text. There's, there's <laughs> these two that, uh, first of all, there's two Challengers. One is like, I think the 
whatever top tier like SR whatever I, Hellcat, I don't, Hellcat, Hellcat yeah. the demon. But anyways, both of them double park in my garage in a compact car zone, and they just leave the cars there. They don't even have a parking puck to Sounds get like in. A Dodge owner. It's just like there's a lot of people in my the car people in my garage don't even double park. They actually are the the most polite people in the parking garage. It's these people with just like the the Porsche Cayman or the random Mercedes. Even a random Mitsubishi like SUV was just double parked like all the time. Like and they I'm take just, up two spaces. They take up two spaces on Our, purpose in a compact car zone. And that's I'm just super like, frustrating. Yeah, and and I, it's not that. My rent isn't cheap, but it's not as expensive as Boston, but I pay $100 a spot. Those are the kind of people who, you know, like, they month. lose their dog and they put up, like, $500 reward posters everywhere, and then you bring them their dog. They're like, here's five bucks. What are you going to do? Keep my dog? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, it's just frustrating. But anyways, that's that's a separate well, story that I can rant about for another hour. You so. know, Charger and Challenger <laughs> owners are, are, I would say, known for their burnouts and their donuts. And, and hey, they do burnouts well. They, they, they burn out their lives, and then they burn out their tires. So <laughs> now... <laughs> wow. I'm trying to hot, be the nice guy. Hot take. <laughs> I, was, I wanted to just interject with yeah. you two talking about, you know, working on cars with your parents. Oh, yeah. Because I never had that. You two were like, oh, I got to build cars with my dad. I never had that. Well, that's a stretch. I was yelled at most of the well, time. Well, you were yelled at, but yeah, you still had the experience. <laughs> I I don't know how I learned other than like taking auto in high school. Well, I probably would have stealing. I would I would have done better though because it would have been an encouraging environment where it's like, here today we're going to learn this process, and and by the way, you're going to learn it the correct way. Versus oh, yeah. like, I didn't learn anything in that, so in that class. I was very grateful because not only did my dad kind of get get the itch in me to like kind of work and kind of pursue working on cars on my own. After I spent a summer and a half with him, because like we it bled into the next summer too, working on that like car. Like every build. Yeah, because he, he just you know he doesn't have he works like. 13-hour days at the time, so he only can do it for, like, an hour at a time. And so. the patient for, like, a little boy sitting next to him handing him a wrench is probably razor thin. Oh, actually, I was I was totally fine. I, I, it was weird. I have I have ADHD pretty bad, and now that I look back at it, my dad always recognized that when I actually was in love with doing something, I was laser-focused. But every every other instance, I was a little shit. <laughs> I, was like, I was all over the place. Energy always needed attention. And That's always like that. the story, though. That's always the story yeah. of like, oh, I knew you liked it because you weren't a horrible nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I wasn't fussy. Like, I, I knew he would be stubborn and kind of like frustrated working on certain things. Yeah. But I always looked at it as an open mind. And I think that's kind of what developed my perspective with working on my friend's cars because, well, here's the thing. If I get frustrated working on it, I feel like my friends, all they want to do is try to calm me down because whenever they tackle their own projects, I always like being the calm perspective and seeing like, okay, this broke or we can't do this. And I'm frustrated, but at the same time, I'm still always thinking of different ideas to mm. try to make it work. Well, if I'm always impressed. Like you did my, you even just did the exhaust on my, um, on my M3. You took off the, oh, yeah. the, like the and stock muffler and put it on the courses. And like, you know, it's not like a huge job, but it's still like rusty hangers and clamps yeah. and shit. And, and frankly, I remember it was in the early days of Renscott too. So we didn't have all the right tools and I kind of worked with what I had. And I that's kind of that. what I always am used to is I always complained to my girlfriend where they're like, ah, oh, this didn't go as the plan because I didn't have the right tool and I found out halfway through, so I had to make something work. And then uh, sometimes she jokes, like, do you even like this? Like, are you even enjoying it? And I was like, I enjoy the challenge, but I know that throughout the way there, it can be very frustrating. It and sounds I, like in high school when you're like, you do a sport or something and you're like, come home crying and your parents are like, you know, you don't have to do it. You're like, no, I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of like, yep. 
that you're like just fucking quit. there's something that keeps you going you <laughs> yeah. know it's just like it's not the failure it's just like it's just like oh i want the satisfaction of getting right. it right you know so, so all right so fast forward now you've you've you know this you've inherited this uh, five uh, sorry 325i you've you've bagged it you've put a turbo on it you've learned a lot of like what's going on and you've kind of become a staple in this small youtube community with eli I mean, now you're going to those Burlington car meets. People know you. Um, you maybe didn't know when to say no enough because I watched you work on everybody's car. And I still do. It's <laughs> insane. Like, please do not. You guys should follow Powan on Instagram, but do not ask him to work on your car yeah. because he will say yes. I was going to say, actually, yeah. Powan, can you help me fix something on my car uh, this week? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but you actually probably well, do need You're to. actually helping me this weekend picking out a racing helmet. Oh, so yes, that's going to yes, be fun. But that, that. we can save that a little bit later. <laughs> but but here's the deal. Now, now, like, all right, you, so you graduate high school. You go yep. to UVM, mm-hmm. and you're going for mechanical engineering. Yes, sir. We get a degree. Yes, sir. We go to some like HVAC controls company. Yes. Oh, so yeah. I, I basically, while during my senior year, I had like, I, it wasn't not stressful because, you know, en- engineering programs sure. are pretty much equivalent to like medical programs where it's just like the rigors insane, late nights, all nighters. But. And at UVM, you've also got people in the school who aren't engineering majors who are likely also your friends, and they're just fucking off and doing whatever oh, they yeah, want. Oh, yeah, totally. And you're like, man, getting high and drunk tonight would have been really fun. Yeah. It's hard to graduate. Yeah, my, my party time starts after I finish all my work at like 2 a.m. Yeah. Then I go... <laughs> so I just have like a six-hour delay for my uh, insobriety. <laughs> but um, but anyways, yeah, like, um, sorry, where were we going with that? Yeah, so, HVAC. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you graduate, you do your thing. Yeah. Like you make it through school. Congratulations. Good job. Yes. And, uh, you know, now you're you're like, I got I to gotta get a job. I'm going to go work at this place. Mm-hmm. So it's funny you say that. Basically, the reason why my senior year was stressful, but it went easy for me, was because I knew I had a job lined up. Right, because you had been like interning and working with these guys. Yes, and yeah. the only reason why I got that internship was because, uh, you know, Nico, right? Yes. His dad, Rick Garcia. Oh. Uh, he uh, was working on his E4, his son's Nico, his E36 M3 at the time. That one was the one that had, I think, like 300. I drove miles. that car oh, on the channel. One. Yeah. Yeah. Impressively reliable yeah. for that mileage. Is that thing still around? No. Uh, long, long gone. gone. Long, long gone. gone. Um, but, anyways, he was working on the car one day and I was just driving home from, I think, college or doing delivery. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was just doing a delivery for my restaurant. And I just, after three of them, there was no deliveries. I saw them working on it, stopped by and said, Hey, what are you guys working on? I have the same car down the street. And we kind of like talk a little bit back and forth. He finds out I'm an engineer XYZ. Um, two weeks later, he needs help doing a clutch install. And I gave him advice, which he didn't follow. And then I ended up having to go over and help him. Is that the most? And, and you're the only person that someone could go, um, I didn't do the thing. And you'd be like, well, I did tell you so, but I'm going to be nice about it. And I'm also going to install your new clutch. Yes. And, <laughs> and so basically, long story short, ended helping him take out some stripped um, hardware on, around the pressure plate because it was aluminum uh screws sure oh, and yeah. he basically didn't believe me and say oh i'm just going to use you know an uh, uh an allen bit and just go to town he went to town with the right size bit stripped instantly done and i told yeah. him i was like you're going to need heat and now that you stripped it you got to hammer in a uh, torx bit that's a little bit bigger but funny enough when you hammer it in it's actually going to grip it better yeah oh yeah for sure and yeah we got it out and after that he was like i'm going to put in a good word for you get you an internship got the internship then got the interview after college and then i just started so a clutch job got you a job 
Yes, sir. Better in than construction. <laughs> and yeah, oddly yeah. enough. But, yeah. you know, maybe like a lot of engineers, we end up in our first jobs and it's not our dream. Yes. It sounds so, like a lot of people. I'll tell you, the industry taught me a lot of good things um, in terms of like what is fair pay, you know, like what is fair compensation, what right. is worth it, what is benefits, you know, what is worth investing in. You know, and I feel like throughout that entire time, it gave me enough of an income to supplement my hobbies. But what I realized really quickly was that even though I was waking up at four or five in the morning to go to jobs by six or seven all around New England, I would get home around three or four, which is early, right? But I'd be exhausted. And by the time I get to work on my car, I'd probably finish around seven or eight, then I edit my videos, and it's probably like midnight. So, like, there was a period of time where when I started YouTube, well, I wanted to start a YouTube channel after college. Right. And that was what was most important to me in terms of my hobbies because it was kind of like a natural propagation on Ignition Tube. Everyone asked me to, like, hey, Pound, you should do stuff on your own channel and talk more detail about the builds that you do because you kind of just, well, Eli, you know, he, he's all the kind of storytelling. Uh, he's really good at storytelling, but a lot of the times the detail gets cut out. Right, and you're doing these incredibly detailed step by steps. Yes, which which nowadays, and we can go down the down the rabbit hole later on in this, but like nowadays, I'm kind of backing away from that just because I want more time in my life. Well, you have to balance that. Like and that's, you need to be able yes, to sir. be a functional human being. And that was the biggest struggle I had getting out of college, hitting the ground running with a full time job because I really wanted to work on my YouTube stuff. Um, I was single at the time too, so like I was trying to, you know, just date around. It's, you were, hard. it's hard. Hard you to know? date when your car's in pieces in your yeah. parents' garage. You just wanted to fuck around. Yeah, I want. I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like it was very interesting because what I realized. How and real, shy. I, yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> His girlfriend's like he ain't shy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I've realized real quick. Time was the biggest value or the thing that I had the most value with that I didn't get. Right. And so I realized real quickly that in this industry, based on how much time I need to commute, how much time I need to dedicate, I can't put a price tag on compensation in order to actually feel like I can have a healthy work-life balance. And funny enough, within that same period of time, when I had the channel, it was probably maybe a year and a half old at this point, I got the Honda Civic. The the tenth gen the 10th Civic gen. Si, and that was the twenty seventeen one, pretty much the first iteration of it. Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah, and the only reason why I got it was because it exactly the monthly payment came out to exactly the vehicle um, allowance from the job. Oh, so okay. I would have never gotten that car if I didn't have a vehicle. Allowance. Total luck. And it was also coincidental because I was driving one of my family cars, and that car was also going down the gutter. Right. The um, Mercedes? Right? It was the Mercedes. I love yeah. that car. Which car was it? It was the E430. It was the E430, the worst generation E-Class yeah, with the was, V8. Yeah. It was rotting. I think I maybe it was, I remember it. sounded it. so good, though, at the end because the exhaust had rotted away. Oh, my There's God. There's nothing like an open exhaust oh. Mercedes. Oh, my God. Yeah. They sound they, mean. They sound mean, yeah. But, yeah, that, that car, it just, as I drove it, you know, back and forth, back and forth, like, 50 to 100 miles a day that thing deteriorated so how did you so how did you find acuity how did you find this so here's the thing i got the civic because here's the thing i was i was torn between the uh the ford focus st and the 10th gen civic si right and i kind of went into the 10th gen civic si speculative and being like okay you know what i'm just gonna test drive it if i don't like it i'm gonna try the ford next i test drove it instantly fell in love with it 
because I was impressed by how it didn't really feel like a Honda when you drove it. And I was used to the old hatches and the lightweight, you know, feeling like a go-kart feeling. Yeah, it's going to blow away on the highway. Yes, and and what I noticed on the 10th gen was in sport mode, the steering wheel got heavy and it felt German. Oh, uh, okay. You're and like, I was oh, like, somebody poached an engineer. Yeah, and so I, the <laughs> like, that light bulb kind of instantly went off my head and I was like, okay, this car is cheap to mod, cheap to maintain. You're going to rack up easily 35,000 miles in the first year driving this. Holy and you, shit. And which I did. Wow. So I almost blew through the warranty within the first. And I, I needed, remember that. You and needed I the need, AC. I needed the AC compressor replaced because oh there was this God. whine, and I had to argue with the de- this whole big story on that one because like I had to argue with dealerships I remember this, yeah. and convince them that the sound was not just something It's extraneous. not in my head. It's, it's not, not in my, my head. head. This is real. Yeah, and I have... And I never ended up publishing it, but I had dash cam footage recording them, like with them in the shop on their own, like hearing it. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's there. And uh, and so I used it in the event if they d- disagreed. They wanted to give you shit, yeah. Yeah, but anyways, um, what ended up, the whole thing with Acuity literally came down to I had driven the car, like within the first month or two, I already racked down like five, 6,000 miles on the car. That's like relatable. I've had my car for less than a month. I've got 1,800 miles on it. Yeah, it it racks up really quick. It's nuts. And um, what I realized really quickly was that, oh, wow, this shifter does not feel like day one anymore. And this is after a month or two of driving. And when you rack up that many miles, the amount of time that has passed, you get over that honeymoon phase of owning the car really quickly, and you start to understand the little quirks. And you're like, oh, this is falling apart. Yeah, so aside from the Apple CarPlay issues from way back, which are still problematic now in some instances, but... Um, the biggest thing I noticed was, wow, the shifter is starting to feel very sloppy. Like I took a look at research, took a look at what the factory shifter looked like. And I was like, oh, it's just moving plastic pieces. No wonder it's starting to develop slop. Started looking up parts. I came across two companies, hybrid racing and acuity. And for me, I had a history with Eli's channel working with a small business called Condor Speed Shop. I remember that. And they sponsored bushings and stuff like that. They Mm -hmm. treated me really well. And I was like, you know what? I'm a young channel. I don't want to work with a big company. And I am glad that I did because Hybrid Racing is the biggest competitor, to direct competitor to Acuity now. But anyways, I I chose to try to pitch asking for sponsorships on certain – oh, sorry – um, he's touching himself. He's it's touching okay. himself on. I, you guys can't see this. I'm tapping. And I'm like, I'm just trying to really gently ask Powen to stop touching himself while it's getting we're us all recording excited. this. So really... I mean, we're not mad. We just think that it's inappropriate for the listeners. But no, I, I have this table, and anytime you touch the table, it's going to make a sound. So I'm. I always have to remind all of my friends who apparently every one of my fucking friends has ADHD and dyslexia. So you're all a mess. You're all a total mess. We're all fucked. You all can't stop yeah. touching things, and I have to ask you to stop touching things and that's and also, my whole life i'm realizing this right now that i think i ask my friends to stop touching so things i sit on my hands all when I do the this. time i'm like okay everybody come to the podcast sit on your hands oh my god and <laughs> between you and david i'm like don't touch things stop touching things uh, we do like pressing buttons you touch things every time you sit on the couch at our apartment you would grab you would just unconsciously like close your eyes and just grab something of mine that was somewhat near you just go like and that. then you would just take it apart and put it together <laughs> and take it I'm like what are you doing that's what leave I like my to do. tripod We're alone it's like a five panel podcast and he's going to be like folding origami in the it's corner it's literally oh, I mean maybe <laughs> if you had origami we could fucking sell some merch <laughs> I don't Ed, think I could do that we could that's do Eddie's problem. origami we could sell respect the the swans or something I don't know <laughs> I mean after after working in customer service with both my parents and acuity 
duty. Like I can tell you, I do not want to do sales <laughs> on my own. <laughs> oh, talking to people other than this amount of people right here. This is as far as it goes for me. Yeah. So, so you, you, you've looked into this now you're like, okay, I've seen, uh, um, Condor, I see, um, hybrid racing and then acuity pops. Yeah. Up. I, I gravitated towards acuity because one smaller company and it seemed like they just started and I have, and at the time I had a really big amount of respect for people that started businesses because I know that's difficult. And uh, at the same time, all I saw was hybrid racing, hybrid racing, hybrid racing. Right. And, and so as a YouTuber, you're probably thinking like, ooh, that's saturated. I could maybe yes, get sir. in on this new thing and be the guy mm -hmm. who's installing these acuity shifters. Exactly. So I, so, so. You hear that aspiring YouTubers? Go hunt for the new stuff. Yes. And also don't just ask for don't literally just DM and be like sponsorship. I need mark. free shit. Actually, though, at the time you probably could have gotten away with that. Yeah, yeah, but nowadays it's just like <laughs> yeah, it's back just, then. It's just like a bot. It feels For like us a bot. to be like, who you want my shit? Absolutely. <laughs> here's a well, paper here's bag. Do you have a camera? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I I basically went, hey, you know, I have this channel. I just picked up a 2017 Honda Civic Si. I am from a BMW crowd, and I had I think at the time I had eight thousand, nine thousand subs sure. on the channel, and so I was like, hey. Uh, I'm really interested in, I think the time, it was the centering spring, uh, base bushings, and the cable bushings. And I was like, hey, and it was probably like $150, $200 worth of parts. Not sure. even. Yeah, but that's a big deal when you're like a small channel yeah. and someone's like trusting. I mean, the thing is, anyone giving you anything feels like a huge thing at the time. Uh, I asked, like, hey, I got a YouTube channel. Um, it's got about 8,000, 9,000 subs. Formerly BMW guy. Just got the 10th Gen Civic, and I see that you have parts compatible with it could we work something out could we do sponsorships like i would love to work with your parts you guys seem like you put a lot of work into the designs and stuff like that and i think i don't remember exactly what i say i could pull up the email but it's just like but you're probably just asking for parts and saying i'm gonna make a video on it you're not asking for like you know two grand on top of it no no right and, and nowadays it's, i think it's obnoxious when influencers ask for that because it's just kind of like especially when a small business it's just kind of like oh so this small business can't pay you to two grand so now you go with the two grand from a bigger company i hear you yeah. has nothing to lose i mean to me you know? it's like if i'm reaching out to a company then typically i'm probably not expecting anything in return other yeah. than hopefully like the the product placement and being yeah. like oh cool like thanks for the thing and then like by the way don't give me a whole bunch of guidelines if i'm just saying like yeah give me the parts and we'll, and we'll rock and roll yeah but if someone's reaching out to me and saying hey we'd love to work with you now i see dollar signs because i'm yes. just like sure i wasn't even planning on doing this don't really care if it happens what are you thinking yes and we you can talk I mean? about mm -hmm. you yeah. know sponsorships in a little bit but behind well, the door of youtube sponsors yeah and yeah i i've been debating on making my own host of videos about that topic as well because like a lot of people are like oh how'd you do this how'd you get into this how'd you get sponsored and i like to leave it alone though yeah i mean it's funny you say that because i'm in a tough spot nowadays because i feel like i took advantage of a lot of those um, premium removals, like I would just pay at cost for a lot of things. That, like for example, there's this uh, shop, uh, Auto Engineering in Lexington. Yep, amazing group of guys, very friendly. They were the guys that actually gave me a shot. Like my parents were like, "You need a job that isn't in restaurant industry." Right. And I was like 15 at the time, 15, 16, and they were like, "Go down the street and ask for a job at that auto shop," and they just gave me a job. That's great. They were like, "We need someone to clean up." Thanks, Rick. Yeah, right. Well, it was uh, <laughs> who was Ernie it at the time? At the time. Okay, and that guy was a. Uh, whole character but anyways <laughs> rick is an amazing um turn of you know ownership and he's brought it to a whole new level so anyway acuity russ he gives yeah, he's, he's so he re you reach out you're like hey i'm doing this thing and he's like here's here's the stuff well no film it no, no. russ you, you son of a no. bitch you said no 
<laughs> he, uh, he basically, he let me down really easy. And the thing about <laughs> Russ. <laughs> he was nice about it. Yeah. So here's the thing about Russ that I always appreciate is he always delivers his perspective and he always gives you a sound reasoning. So he never feels like he's just blowing you off. I mean, it's you nice know? of him to even respond to you. Yeah. He was just kind of like, hey. I ignore people every day. And here's the, I think here's the reason why um, Russ <laughs> and I get along well and also at times uh, our conversations are unproductive is because when we were, <laughs> when we started emailing each other, we would like email paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs all the time and just like, you know, talk a Know, shoot the shit just like sure. talk banter about cars platforms youtube because at at the end of the day he denied me because he was already working with another youtuber quote unquote that was already making install guides for their parts oh so right? he's like i don't really need you no he doesn't need somebody to make install guides he he would rather have someone to do reviews but i wasn't a trustworthy no you weren't the reviewer the you, yeah you... I, I i had no uh what's it called exposure in the honda game aside from I got a Honda Civic SR. Right, and you've probably that, that driven video, like you know? nine cars in your life. Yeah, exactly. Not <laughs> no, yeah, I'm maybe a little more than nine, but I mean, like, you're right. Like, I don't have a lot of experience, and and I look back at it, and I was like, yeah, I was like 21. Right. Or not 21, but I was young. I was you were young, yeah. Um, but anyways, I ended up buying the parts because I was like, you know what? I'm I'd, doing it anyway. I'm doing it anyways. Yeah, I was just hoping to, you know, get like a discount, and it's 100 Hundred bucks for sure. stuff. Right. Oh, I also got the pedal spacer. That's why it was almost two hundred dollars that I remember. I love that you remember this detail. Yeah, because it was very, it was very interesting. Because like, like in the part number, I remember like, what hurts and it was my purple, wallet. So it was a dash <laughs> dash O two skew. Oh yeah, nowadays it's just like yeah, I bought a nineteen nineteen, an eighteen ninety one, nineteen twenty four, eighteen uh, nineteen eighteen. But anyways, so you get it, you install it. Yeah, I make the videos and I do the review, and then I get an email back from him, and he was like, "Hey, the quality of your videos is actually." On par, if not better, than what this guy made for us. You hear that guy? Um, hear that I don't, I don't guy? Oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm did, joking. I'm joking. Because his, yeah, his arrangement was same thing. He would get free parts. Yeah. Make an install video. Sure. And then he gets a plug. You yep. Know? Done. And I think that channel is now retired because basically I'm at the point where I've recreated all those videos. Right. And you shut him down. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I did. Goes. Way I did, she goes, bud. I did spend months on those, or if not, almost a year on all those install guides. Oh, I remember. Because um, yeah, you remember we had to like, reshoot oh. like three times. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And um, but anyways, um, after I made the videos, I sent it to him. He was pretty impressed. He started being like, "Hey, um, coincidentally, I have just finished a prototype for what's now known as the short throw adapter for the 10th Gen Civic." And he was like, "Could you do?" Uh, a video kind of like doing an install guide and all this stuff. And in the back of my mind, I was just like, this is my audition tape. Yeah. Like, this is how I'm going to get it in. And this is the first experience that I have actually working with the company. So I gave it my best shot and I ended up working with the product. I actually ended up offering feedback because I had um, trouble aligning in, inside the short throw adapter, there's this, these teeth that align a specific way. So when you tighten down the screws, it bites into the lower selector rod of the right. shifter. And a lot of people don't push the the um, rod up high enough before they secure it, and then they would complain how it loosens and stuff like that. So I had offered there needs to be. Uh, I told him like there needs to be a way that locks in the alignment of all these components better. Pokey yoke. And, yeah, yeah, whatever. All the, all the lean manufacturing engineers <laughs> yeah. are like, it needs to click into place. Yeah, pretty much. And so I was responsible in, I guess, influencing a design iteration. Sure. And I never ended up making that video public for another six months because of the redesign, re-implementation, complete rework. Of, and until this day, we've actually gone through, I think, two or three iterations of that part because of customer feedback. But anyways, 
I finished the video. He really liked it. And ever since, I slowly just accumulated more and more responsibility. And it got to the point where I didn't have an I, – I was basically sleep-deprived all the time. And you could you could ask my girlfriend this. She was just like, You're, you, you, like, fall asleep. Like, as soon as your head hits the pillow, you're, like, asleep. Well, you never say no to anything. And, and what ended up happening was just, like, I would wake up early, like, 4 or 5 in the morning – Go to work, get back home at four, work on acuity stuff, work on my stuff, go to bed at like one or two a.m. Yeah, that's not great. And I did that for like six months. I see. I don't function like that. I can't I, function I on low I sleep. Did. I don't know how you. Do. Well, it was probably just because you were twenty three years old. So probably, I mean. yeah. Like it was weird, but it's um, a different time. Man. Do you get yeah. angry? I have a question, personal question. Do you do you like? Let's say you and your girlfriend you're watching a movie and you fall asleep. Does she like wake you up and be like, hey? And you're like, I'm awake. Do you do this bullshit? Well, it's funny. Do because you play this game and pretend you're awake when you're not awake. The I think early on, I just tried to be respectful about it because I she knew I was sleep deprived, but she didn't know to what degree. Um, because early on in a relationship, um, I remember we would go on dates and stuff like that. We would wind down for the night and then she would go take a shower. And as soon as she'd come back, I would like kind of startle myself and be like, hey, what's going on? And she was like, I've been gone for 20 minutes. <laughs> and like, and you've been asleep for 20 minutes. Like, she's, like, she's like, hey, baby, she, I'm out of the shower. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I'm asleep. <laughs> she's like, man, she, our nights end early. <laughs> I, I give her so much respect because I feel like any other girl would have saw that and been like, this guy does not care. He is bored with me. He's bored, yeah. So I'm glad that she she uh, she gave me a chance and, and, um, and tolerated that because after I left that construction company, full 180, yeah. Like, now you're like, oh, I have time to do what I want. I can plan yeah. my stuff. So so at this point now, you've gone from kind of like this hired killer for acuity to do occasional contract work to like now, now, now you're full time. So you yes. put in your notice at the, the construction place. Mm -hmm. now, I remember how nervous you are. You were doing that. Yeah. You and I had conversations. You're like, you were kind of nervous at the time. About, I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. I had never been like, I'm putting in my two weeks. Honestly, when I think about how it went down, I, I kind of just blurted it out because my boss was about to tell me about a big project. And you're like, I, I'm not and doing I was that. Like, Don't count on me. Yeah. He was like, he was like, hey, man, like I literally got a call last night and my dream job's knocking on my door and I got to take it. And then the guy was like, how long are we talking? And he was like, honestly, I can stick around for two weeks. And he'd be like, that'd be great because they, they really, at the time wow. I felt terrible because the company was so understaffed. Like- the re a reason why I had left was because I never felt like I got really good formal training. I was thrown into the fire with a lot of projects. That's how, and that's these how it is. places work. Yeah, I it, mean, no matter where you work in the There is no training. You train yeah. under fire. That is what the industry is. Yes, and if I could give advice to anyone that's in mechanical engineering or pursuing the degrees and stuff like that right now, don't believe what your professors are saying in terms of this is the standard way. This is how everyone does. And you no. have to, yeah, or you the have way to memorize this equation. No, yeah, the way your dad taught you how to fix cars is how the industry works. Yeah, it's they, getting yelled at and it's trying shit and it's definitely not looking at the fucking manual. I, yeah. I really thought for a second there you were going to be like, yeah, for all the engineers, don't do it. No, it's, <laughs> it's not that I don't say don't do it. I, it's I just, just that it's not what you, you're going to expect you know out the, of college. You know, the problem with engineering is that it's very pragmatic as an education. You learn step by step. This is how you do the job, mm -hmm. except the job isn't step by step. And it's almost 
regu- it's almost always new. Mm-hmm. And that means that like all your rules go out the window. Philosophy stays true because you still need ethics. to follow ethics and principle mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But like the reality is like you are not solving problems pragmatically a lot of the time. You yeah. are doing some pretty blunt force trial and error on stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. especially when it's a new product. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And... Um, um, I think one of the most important takeaways I got from my whole engineering program wasn't necessarily all the concepts and all the, you know, complexities of how things work. It was more of like, it taught me how to learn stuff fast. It taught me how to be stressed out and still get the job done. Yeah. And just work through the stress. And, and that I think in, in the end of it really kind of morphed my perspective on working on cars a little bit more. Cause I, I went in to every project first looking like, okay, how does this work? What is this part supposed to be doing? Now, how am I involved in terms of making that happen? Right. You know, and you kind of put the pieces together and logically some things work. And then fortunately, a lot of the things that I did take away from college, it made sense. Like, okay, doesn't make sense that this is running like this because of X, Y, Z, or doesn't, doesn't make sense that this part has to go in like this because of old, sure. like stupid little nuances that you pick up. But at the end of the day, I think um, it was nerve wracking to leave that job because I, I, I genuinely felt bad leaving because it wasn't like it wasn't like um, it was an easy switch. I was taking a huge risk, and frankly, the whole reason why I jumped ship wasn't necessarily because Russ was like, "I can pay you full time." He was like, "I have the ability to pay you full time," and I kind of got too excited and took that as jump ship. And then Russ was just like, "Oh crap, you're taking this seriously." Huh? <laughs> and so now he's like, "Crap, do I even have enough work for this guy?" And right, because so he's paying Russell's you like end, he's. You're essentially still contract, but yeah. he's basically saying like, "I could, uh, we could do enough where his, you're doing 40 hours a week for me or it, 50 hours a week." His exact words, I think, he was like, "I can match your hourly pay if you wanted to work more hours or pretty much start out however you want. I can right. match it." And I sure. was like, "That's good enough for me." But like, see, at the end of the day, like the the moral of this story to me is that you were doing something that you had like gone to school for, had trained for, or Mm -hmm. part of, it was burning you out and your passion was still the thing that you were aiming for because you were still going into your garage every night and working on the cars. Mm -hmm. And then you went and dug deep. So this is the same thing with Eddie. Like you are working a a day job. You're doing your your thing every day. You're grinding it out. And then what are you doing on the weekends at night? Doing car shit. It's all this fucking race car shit. Yeah. And it's hunting for how am I going to get at these tires? Who's going to fix this car? How am I going to be a priority over at Eurotech Natick with Farley so he can <laughs> fix my fucking car on Thursday so I can leave on Friday? It kind of reminds me of the whole Japanese street racing underground scene where it's like there's midnight these business. Club. Yeah, Midnight Club. There's these businessmen during the day. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows who's in the club. And then at night, there's just these cars just going. Exactly. Oh, the, the only reason people know. The only reason people know that I even do any sort of car things is there's a sticker of my car on my cube. That, and, that's, mm. that's, and that's it. Yeah. Most people think I'm just this boring loser. It's really difficult to separate that work life and something that you're doing essentially full-time on the side. Yep. Like, it's, if you're putting that much energy into it, it's going to come up. And I'll tell you, it's it's easy to get into it, but it's hard to maintain the drive and the motivation and that flame you know that kind of keeps burning and i think a big reason why like fast forward five years now i'm, I'm frankly burnt out because not only am i doing my own channel i actually get paid to do the same thing for an entire company yeah and so the responsibilities are increased so there's a lot of see it, it sucks because i hate to say it but it's like the financial 
uh, aspect of it becomes more important when it becomes something that needs to pay your bills. And I'm of sure course. you felt the same way when you jumped ship from the f- and went full time YouTube. Yeah, it's a big it's a big commitment. It's a big risk, and there's a lot. Like, I've I've a big thing that I have to constantly remind myself whenever I make content and whenever I, I put my you know customer service hat is that like people recognize me as one of the faces of Acuity now to a point where it's just like this is a big deal. Right, and you are so, an ambassador of it. Yeah, and so when you have that in mind when I create content and stuff like that, it just adds another level of responsibility that I never anticipated I'd ever yeah, have. Yeah, but you're not an asshole. I, I'm glad <laughs> that like, you say that. Yeah, you're not walking around, you know, saying just really mean stuff. You're you're a nice yeah, dude. You're a good dude. I just want to help people before that's cuties. Literally it. Yeah, and like I, I would never like if it was Eddie, I'd be like, oh Jesus, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you shouldn't you shouldn't be out in public. And I want to exactly. say, <laughs> where's his helmet? I, I give you a microphone once in a while, and I'm horrified. I can't believe what comes out of your fucking mouth. The amount of editing I have to do on this bitch. You're worse. Don't I know. I'm no, I'm really bad. You're a potty <laughs> mouth. You're you're, about, you're worse than me. If you I I do I like my I have like comic what I think are funny road rage incidents Dirty. like like on camera occasionally. Like not, I don't I don't act on it like it's me just like yelling at somebody and I think like oh maybe that'll be a blooper and then like I look at it and I'm like oh that does not sound very nice Tom, I can't put Tom, that as how a many videos have you and I done together where we think oh this is gonna be great this is gonna be gold it's and then we watch funny. it and we're both like this is disgusting yeah we do not we look can't, we, we can't. don't look funny or nice or cute or any of it yeah. and you're like oh this is only funny to us and it's I only think funny to us the exactly. difference is we are at least adept enough to look at that and say yeah this doesn't make it to air yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. like that's not cute that's not funny no it's just sick yeah that's what it is (laughs) well and the thing was too like when i started figuring out how to do what i'm doing in the same vein where you're like ooh, i want to make sure that this is a good look and it's like responsible Mm -hmm. and it represents probably um what i do is I, and it sounds really lame, but I have a 12 year old cousin who watches my channel. And so for the last like two, three years, everything I make, I'm like, can he watch this? He's the baseline. And you know, that's, that's an important perspective because I, it's funny you say that because I was, I was talking to my boss about TikTok and I was telling him, I'm like, we need to invest in the TikTok because there are these 12 to 16 year old kids that are seeing our stuff and they're looking for something to look up to. Right. And so if we can get into their minds that Acuity is a brand in the JDM community that they need to know of, they're going to get hooked. Absolutely. And they're going to, and that's funny because you guys actually have like the, the branding, the graphic art that is fun for a young kid. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like, I think your shit's really fun, but sometimes I wear it and I'm like, do I have a lean cup on my back right now? And then (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, and then when someone's like, what's that purple drink? I'm like, it's purple drink. I think I think one thing that Russ has done extremely well for Acuity is being able to work with creatives that understand where the industry is going, not only just as an industry, but choosing the right people that can actually have a good connection with a broad range of ages. Sure. Because that, that in my mind, it's kind of like you're no longer like an old, um, like a like a dining head, you know, that was from right. the 90s. And yep. everyone is very, like, closely uh, connected to that from a BMW perspective. But, like, we want to kind of do that 
in the same level as like Spoon. Right. Kind of, you want to be that Mugen Spoon yeah. kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. It's getting there for and, sure. And uh, it makes me very happy that a lot of people are seeing us in that light. So speaking of seeing you in a certain light, especially like Spoon, it's almost as if you'd be sponsoring some race teams. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. So yeah. this is why this is interesting. This this podcast sounds like a fucking acuity commercial. It is. Except, I, I mean, it is. It's an, it's an unpaid it's ad. Publicity but rush. the thing is like, Eddie, you drive a Honda Civic Type R. Mm-hmm with acuity blasted across the side in the front and <laughs> yeah. the back everything and bukaki it's only because yes this is why you're not allowed to be the pr i know, I know. the <laughs> your publicist is crying well, in the bathroom blasted, right now so <laughs> russ is like jesus christ um so you know this is only because you knew powen and he was using your car as a test yeah bed yeah for the, like the, it's funny the ju- i mean the whole thing was was powen was like hey uh russ was asking if you knew anybody with a type r that tracks it and you're like i know just the guy and then that's what happened right and then so they come mm-hmm. to you they're like hey why don't we do this why don't we do this and then and then how does the grid life thing happen with them what was that like well, how did that so, get sold to so i've heard it from your perspective all I this think. guy seriously how does yeah. that get sold to the point where you're like hey let's like let's like just get him on this track so russ was we had worked with a couple of professional drivers before right and the challenge was always make was maximizing the fruitfulness of the relationship. Sure. And a lot of the times, um, the the previous people we worked with, um, huge respect for them. By the way, um, I, I mean I'm I'm just you not don't gonna, have to sugarcoat it. I'm not gonna it. yeah I'm not gonna go into specifics, <laughs> but I mean basically all great drivers to work with. Sure. But they also had their own aspirations to go into pro. Right. So like SCCA. Yeah. Uh, it, like you name it. And uh, a lot of those guys have moved on to the. It's platforms. just a little beyond the scope of what you guys where you guys were at at the time. Yes, and. We really wanted to invest into guys that were really in tune with the grassroots motorsport community yeah. and kind of are rooted there. And that's kind of where our products shine because a lot of people use those products in those in in, in those level in that level of racing. Well, and it adds credibility that you've got your streetable track car. Yes. That yes. it's not just like it's not just like, oh, that kid down the street with all the stickers on his car has an acuity shifter. It's like, okay, cool. So he has a short shifter. Like, what's the big deal? But yeah. now you've got like racing teams out there with like acuity equipment in the cars. And, and what's crazy is that a lot of these guys are like, oh my God, I can't believe this shifter would feel just as good on the street as on the track. And just like, yeah, there's a lot of people that think short shifters are only for race cars. And I'm like, this is a shifter that can just change and ex- make more exciting the driving experience for right person that just happens to have one as, as their standard equipment in their car so it was just a, a matter of circumstance that you guys were pretty comfortable with the grid life setup yes like we be- want we wanted to we wanted to work in that specific event pool because we knew dependable racing events were accessible to it and right. it's not to the point where they're asking a hundred grand just to have your banner on the the track you know it was expensive sure like as any, but it's but, doable. Yeah, it's, and then at the same time, you've got this friend Eddie yes, who happens to be like, you know, I'd love to be racing in grid life. Yes, and yes. I pitched Eddie to Russ specifically because he was skilled, dependable, consistent, which was very important. Which you'd never know at meeting him. Things I'm not. 
<laughs> do you hear that? I want to talk directly to Eddie's mother, Rebecca. Did you hear what Palin just said? <laughs> yeah, I just I want she you would, to hear that. She wouldn't believe that me. is like it's so no, but you really are though. It's just funny because you're such like you're such a fucking class clown like shitbag well, to you to, to people like to <laughs> but like yeah. when you need to get the job done, you're always there. I can do it. It's, it's just like <laughs> if there's money. Just kidding. <laughs> That's uh, so fucking funny. But like I mean, with you, I'm always late. Slow. No, you're never late with me. You you're usually on time. You're usually pretty reasonable. I'm, I'm good on time, but no, like everything else. I think I think you just give off this air of like, yeah, yeah, I'll get there when I get there. But like you always get the job done. Well, thank you. Thank which you is just funny because I, I think you get a lot of shit, especially from your family. Your family gives <laughs> oh, you so much fa- shit. Well, okay, it's it's hard <laughs> to be successful in a family that is built upon success yeah academics academics. like it's a lot there's a lot of people all of them have done amazing things with their lives and then there's me which i've also done amazing things with my life they're cute they they treat you like a like a like a sweet dog like they like give you that kiss like oh it's so good to see my eddie and they you know what i mean yeah um, no they know i mean but the thing is you're the best fucking dog Thank you. You're the sweetest dog. You're like I the am. best Everybody little Everybody likes pup. me because they know it's like, oh, he put lights under his car. Actually, yeah. Powen put those put, lights on. Oh, he did that? Yeah, good job. We put it on We together. like hacked it together in like two hours. Yeah, because <laughs> we had to go to the track. So we were like, we got to do this. We okay, got to so, have so you pitch, So you pitch yeah. Eddie to Russ and you tell him all these nice things and then he meets Eddie. Uh, it was a match made in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Because it's funny because it's, it's you, you've known Eddie. I've spoken to Russ many times yeah. up until then. Okay. But I had never actually met him. Mm-hmm. And so once I met him, it was yeah. We well, played COD awesome. together. Yeah, we did. Yeah, oh, we oh my God! This is the new fucking golf, man. Like, <laughs> I don't golf, so like I knew I was never gonna make it. In How the... and tried as well. It's no. funny you say that because I would be the golfer that kind of sucks, like sucks ass. But I just want to go just because I can have cocktails and talk to the boys. Yeah, you're gonna you be know? like, oh, so... I, if I want to be upper management, I need <laughs> to be golfing with the I director, just, and just... I need to make like I need to yeah. laugh at his racist jokes and be like, okay, haha, let's go. And... The only thing that I had remote decency at was uh, plunder. And oh, I was you were fantastic terrible. at that. I was fine. What does like, that mean? It's it was a it was, it was a, a it's a type of game where you just collect a lot of money. Oh, all right. Yeah, and so I didn't so. have to shoot anyone because I I could not aim for the life. And Powell is good at following orders. Yes. Yeah, so. that's factual. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's um, good. Okay, so so that's that's good, and 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 that makes me laugh that like I probably have missed out on so many opportunities because I don't play Call of Duty. I mean, I don't, I don't even we don't out. you don't it's, miss it's out. Just, it's just that's. That's what we've had to do during the pandemic because we can't yeah. hang out with each other. And you That's know, true. and I feel like th- what what the whole pandemic has taught us is just kind of like time is precious. And I always I, I looked at almost like the same way as if I was just working on my car, and my friend wanted to stop by. What what would my friend end up doing? He's not going to touch the car. He's just going to want to sure. hang out and talk. Yeah, you know, and that's perfectly fine with me too. Well, and that's it's the thing is, version of it. I will say, like, just from a nostalgia standpoint, like, I'm very proud of where you guys are both at right now because I know what you guys started doing. And like I met you in probably in your garage, working on the I think Gertrude yeah. Gertrude up on jack stands and whatever. And like I knew you, you're somebody that I knew from YouTube before I knew you in real life, mm-hmm. which is like weird because 
now that's normal to me. Now that is like not an abnormal thing. Like there's plenty of people that are like, yeah. oh yeah, that's the guy. And I meet them and it's fine. You were like the first actual like YouTuber I met. You and Eli, I think were the first people that mm -hmm. I was like, I know them from videos. <laughs> like, and that's yeah. crazy. And it was weird. And I was kind of like, oh, I hope, I hope I could be, I hope they like want to hang out with me. I mean, you guys were, you're younger than me anyway. So it wasn't something that I was like hunting for a friend. Mm -hmm. It was more that I was just like, oh, I would, I also make videos and I'm not going to like necessarily tell them that but i i just wanted other I, the weird thing about youtube is there's so many youtubers out there youtubers youtubers let's say yeah. but like you are alone and it's like those are the only form of colleague you might possibly have yes and yet like everyone else who goes to work they have colleagues that they see every day they're like oh you do this you do that you do this you do that and those are my colleagues i understand that whereas like as a youtuber you work in a pool of people who are being recommended right next to you constantly. And you might never know them. You might never meet them. You might never really have like any even good interaction with these people. And so for me, it was like, whoa, I could maybe learn what like YouTubers do. Cause yeah. everything is ground oh, yeah. up. Everyone oh, yeah. like nobody knows what they're doing. And, and it's interesting because I, I've kind of pursued similar um, relationships with other YouTubers in a similar way. It's just like, not only do I consider this person a friend, I want to understand how they're keeping that spark alive, what their hustle is like. It's hard. And it's a hustle. I mean, f like, just fast forward through the years that I've kind of gone through it. I'm at the point where it's just like, you know, what I value the most in my life nowadays is being able to have my own free time. Mm -hmm. And and as you get older, that that wants to satisfy some sort of craving whether it is appeasing to an audience appeasing your friends or showing off or trying to pursue fame clout whatever you name it <laughs> it doesn't really weigh as much no as you get older because as yeah. you're young you always feel like you have something to prove and the whole reason why i did the turbo build with gertrude was because so many people said i couldn't do it at 19. and do you remember that car did like over a million views on Winding Road Magazine. Yeah, we thought it was just gonna be like this is gonna be hilarious. People are just gonna shit on us. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the car was not. It, it was it rough. It was rough, and it's <laughs> still the is. windows, dude. It's still, I remember the windows, the windows still windows. don't work. <laughs> it had like the the stick. It's yeah, still the got piece the stick. Of wood. Yeah, yeah. Still has the stick. And like that, that, so there's a stick that literally holds up the window. Like yeah. that is the deal because the motor, the regulator is toast. Yeah, on that car, the the door frame itself cannot reliably align the regulator and the motor anymore because I've screwed around with it so many times where like i just given up i'd have to get a whole door yeah, just yeah. to make it work exactly so it yeah. just made me laugh because i remember that yeah. was one of those videos that i was like i had the i was fortunate to learn how to be a youtuber on a big channel like i had actually like a really lucky situation where i got to learn what it looked like to post a video to a channel that got views Yes. Right? Like, yeah, that's a weird... Crazy. I thought it was amazing that you got the opportunity to work with one. That's, like, road. not normal. Yeah. Like, that's not... Like, most YouTubers do not have the opportunity no. to see, like, what a, what a schedule looks like. Even to yeah. just be able to look at analytics of a successful mm -hmm. channel, that's gold to somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. I get that from Acuity, because Acuity's platform on Instagram was the biggest account I had worked with, and now it's, it's of course, like 30,000 followers yep. now. And, but our TikTok... That was the platform where I dealt with million hit views for the first yeah. time. And I'm like, wow, this is so this is what it's like when you actually get a million hit views. You learn what consistency does for a channel. Mm -hmm. You learn what all these things do. Yes. Um, and I mean, it was it was wild. But like, that's the thing is I always just thought that was funny because that was one of those cars where like, you know, uh, to me, I was like, well, I'm going to go get my like, you know, little contract payment, my check for this video, because I was just trying to rack up as much as I could on Winding Road so I could have yeah. an extra paycheck at the end of the month. And I was just like, here, review my car. Do it's it's going to be funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> but know? isn't it crazy, though? 
that whole I'm just going to get a paycheck turned into you're learning so much. It was crazy. And then that turned into, wait a minute, I can fucking do this on my own. Well, it was nuts because I was making like, you know, enough to like maybe pay my credit card bill, let's say, from mm -hmm. from Winding Road. And and then it was like, wait a minute, what you want to really do is build up a channel so you make like 10x each video on your own. Mm -hmm. And then like, you have to just kind of jump off into the deep end and be like, okay, so I could either put this energy into like, let's say reviewing your car and I could, I could sell it for an amount that I know I'm going to get that check. Or I can put it on my channel and it might earn me like $12. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the risk. That's yeah. how it worked. And so, you know, eventually you're like, well, here's the thing. You have to basically like earn $12 a hundred times consistently. And then that turns into $50 and that turns into $300 and that turns into more money. And yeah. then you're like, okay, cool. Now we're like, yeah. I can live off of this. It's, mm -hmm. it's a total, you know, just like any job really. But especially in YouTube and from just watching you both and other people, you have to put in way more time in the beginning to get that initial jump start for sure. Yes. Well, and that's the thing. I'd watch you. Like you you are really meticulous with your videos. They are good. Your videos fucking hit. Like, oh, yeah. I treat all of my at the time because nowadays I'm trying to wind back because my OCD with the with being meticulous is the reason why it takes so long for me to make one video my recommendation oh. one million percent is don't do that yeah is literally like get it out there I like don't too. make it shitty but like you if you yeah. can't if you can't like reliably make two a week like it's not worth figure it out figure it out like I would put make it between 25 to 40 hours for one video no and I was just like, I'm not getting paid for this. Not uh, So the thing like, is, like, I think a lot of people, they think like, oh, if I make like ultra high quality shit and yours is ultra high quality shit and you might make one video a week and it still takes you that much time, you burn out after three months because yeah. you're like, oh my God, I've made 12 well, my videos. My case, I burned out after almost two years. Right, you know? but like you make like 12 but, videos in a row, week to week to week to week, and it <sighs> takes you so long. And every time it's like not even a formula because you're doing different shit mm -hmm. and maybe you didn't figure out your formula. It's like, that's what changed my game was being like, wait, how do I formulaically do this three times a week? And yeah. that like, it made me want to cry when I first realized how much I had to do. Yep. But then you dial it in and you're like, oh, I can do this fucking blindfolded. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I always tell people, like, find a way to do this. Like, basically just, you treat it like a manufacturing process. Yeah. I mean, I know that doesn't sound very sexy, but the reality is you need to be able to churn shit out and it has to be high yeah, quality. Exactly. Yeah, and it has to be second nature. Right. It's got to be a you rhythm. Yeah, and, and a big, and this is why I go back to like, just, having attention deficit like stuff is just because like i can't reliably depend on myself to follow a process because every time i edit a video there's something new i want to try there's a different angle i want to try different filter different editing style different, fuck that oh my god <laughs> yeah, so it's don't like, waste your time i'm on at that the shit. point where if i really want to deliver the same quality of stuff that i've done in the past i need someone else editing it and just giving them the content telling them how i want it to look like right and just pay them to do that because well, I'm not paying myself enough. Sometimes you're getting you you're I know you are someone who can get lost in the details yes. because you go deep. But the problem is go deep on the content. Don't go deep on the equipment. Mm. And mm -hmm. you you do this thing where you're like, oh, I've got this camera. We're going to try this. We're going to do this. And then you've got like five, now now you've got three cameras surrounding this thing. It's like, nope. Yeah. Shut it down. One camera. Get one. Get a good light. Just show the thing. And if you have to show it from a back angle, great, do that. But like, oh my God, we got to talk about what you're doing because yeah. you're going to kill yourself. Like this is exhausting. Yes. And I think Russ, I credit my boss, Russ, a big part in kind of narrowing down my 
what is what I am good at and what I'm productive at because he was the first person that was just like, okay, if you're going to be working with us full time, I will give you a small amount of money so you can purchase equipment. And I'm still using that equipment to this day. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's you buy high quality shit. It'll last. Like, here's the thing. It's not, it's not like a red camera or anything like that. I ended up asking, um, and I still use it to this day is it's an a 6,500. That's all you need. And that's all you really need. And, um, I found that if I had more complex stuff, I shot less because I'm like, I remember no, I'm going to drag the, the, the shit gimbal out. and all that Oh, stuff. my God. Do you remember that? That was a great it's idea stupid and concept. Stupid fucking cannon on the gimbal. But with then, like, what a nightmare. But then walking around with this thing, lugging it around. Oh, my God. Just terrible. It's a workout. No, you Lug- can't. You, that's not reliable. Lugging. And it's, a, and it's yeah. like, how am I supposed to vlog with this? And I look like of, an idiot. And it also, <laughs> it also limits your creativity in a certain way because you're like, I can only hold it like this. I can only do it like this. Well, and what am I doing? I'm always like getting out of a car, quickly filming the thing, and then getting back in the car. So like now I got a gimbal flapping around in the trunk of a. Never aligned. It was never level. Oh my so, god. Yeah, that's kind of why like I was I was kind of giving a projection of how I anticipated the company was going to grow. Yes. And I was hoping that it was going to be eventually. You know, I'm going to have a team of guys to work with, so that one guy is the gimbal guy, one guy is the editor for. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, short format. One guy is the long format guy. You know, like that's how I hope, you know, things are going to move forward. But right now the challenge for me is, is like, where is my most productive use of my time um, concentrated in with this company? And Russ has done a big part in helping me figure that out because at the end of the day, we're a team of five or six guys that are actually like in the shop working. Yeah. Like two or three assembly guys, a person, one person packing and shipping everything. And then it's Russ and Todd, the two engineers, and then me, who, and we all wear so many hats. So Russ manages all the logistics of the business, all the big emails, racing team collaborations. Todd is like pretty much all the person that, that manages like inventory, all the designs of like smaller parts, like shift knobs, all that jazz, um, equipment and like getting state of the art improvements on the assembly line. And then we got like all these people that can assemble, pack, um, do all kinds of stuff in terms of just like, like everyone wears some, and then you have me and like, oh, well, you have to do the marketing. You have to do customer service as well. Yep. And he was actually a big, early on, I didn't have enough hours accumulated to actually pay my bills in terms of just editing. And so a big th- decision I made uh, that he offered was, do you want to take on customer service too? And I actually still appreciate doing customer service because it gives you another connection to your content that you don't expect. Right, and you hear like similar problems and you're like, wait, this is something yes. I could address on Instagram yes. or I could address this on TikTok. Or and, and I'll tell you, people are more vocal about problems than they are things that, that are good. Oh, for sure. So when there's an issue with something like a torque spec or something like that, frankly, I'm, I'm glad a raging that bitch. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like people get, dude, people get, they get angry with you when something goes wrong and- and the most challenging thing is to Well, let... I never I spent $14 on this ship <laughs> and no. That's that's great though. I mean, that's the thing that gives you insight into something that most companies yeah. wouldn't would be so separated that would be like the most boring conference call of your week yep. and you'd have to be like, "All right, and what do we have today? Well, here's the Pareto chart of all the problems that we're having." Yeah. And, you know. So I... What's next for before we get into what's next for you? I want to talk about what's going on with this racing season. Yes, with what's going on with? Well, it, it involves him, so it does. It so, but yeah, I've been rambling my mouth. Well, how does? Yeah. What do you got going on? When is the first grid life stuff coming up? When are you doing shakedowns on the car? What's going on? What's <laughs> what's happening? I think the car needs shakedowns. What's it need? So, um, some decent changes are happening to the car. New suspension. 
from Fortune Auto. Oh, big Big stuff. changes. So I've been running stock struts for years. You hear that? Everyone they thinking that. Oh, too, everybody right? needs the end. Oh, they're blown out. They've been blown <laughs> out for two years now. Leaking. That car rides. Pissing out the yeah. back. I, I just think it's so funny. I just make the best of it. Yeah. Sorry, I just want to butt in because like your car looks the part. Because it looks and, low, but and, it's because it's broken. Well, uh, no, I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying the car looks great on track, and it's so funny watching him break some hearts on track. And then when they find out that the car is pretty much stock, oh, it's stock. It they're, blows their mind. They're like, oh, what's what's under the hood of that thing? You're like, um, acuity shift bushings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> an intake like an and, and a cat back. Yeah. That's really that's really funny. I just tuned it last year, that's so funny. I was running stock for yeah. years. Um, but um, no, so suspension. Yep. And then I. Finally, con- yeah. So I finally convinced myself. So last year, Palin was there. I started to realize the the challenges that those stock brakes were having, um, especially at the bigger tracks when you're going 140 miles an hour. Yeah, they would melt. Absolutely, literally, the pads would melt. The caliper would literally catch on fire. The Brembo logo would become like black. Opaque. Would, like, they're yeah, called like Brambos. Yellow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, oh, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. the paint. You 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 change the color of that paint quick. That and, was within the first month of owning and the car. You can you can basically I I narrowed it down to about ten to fifteen for me anyways track days on those calipers before they need to be replaced because so, the seals start breaking everything and, goes the yeah. seals go it starts to weep at the last event at Gingerman they were weeping I'd have to close the um the valves uh, oh my god yeah we would have to i would have to close them because they would weep them up so this is the problem where people think that like oh i'm getting a big big brake kit so i can stop better but like no you every every brake on every car unless you're like driving a legitimate death trap should be able to lock a wheel right like even if you have shitty brakes the the, what people don't realize is that they need to be able to like a race car brake it's not so it breaks it's not so it stops the car better it's so it stops the car better after like unbelievable abuse like exactly. it's repeated heating cooling and the cooling needs to be able to happen if you've got a caliper that's maybe it's a six pot caliper it's a great brembo it's this beautiful thing but if that caliper doesn't have the cooling characteristics to allow it to rebound and then the seals aren't actually designed for that kind of precisely heat, that's where everything goes to yeah shit. i mean from an engineering standpoint those brembos are perfectly fine for 99 percent sure the, mm-hmm. the people buying that car like most people they think those brakes are amazing, and they are. They are. They are fantastic brakes. They work really well for three laps. Right, and, and, and then, that's the thing. People don't understand what no. a hot lap means, and this blows my mind because like I can waste it. I can the M3 stock brakes. I couldn't. I wouldn't even be able to get through an entire lap at Palmer. Yeah, you. Yeah, you. I mean, I was explaining. I I forget who I was explaining it to. Like a friend of mine who just didn't understand why I would upgrade the brakes because most people are like those are huge brakes. Yeah, but um, so I'm going with a Paragon performance big brake kit okay um they're the ones that are on the um 11th gen civic si endurance cars that are also i think acuity has some parts on those cars as well yes i think the nice the really cool thing about um Russell is he's got these connections with HPD. Mm-hmm. And like I know engineers. the HPD guys now. Yeah, well, I'm I'm sure like, David Salters. Why well, he's like the pre- he's if the you, president of HPD. Well, if you talk I need to, to get like, I'm sure you guys touch can with definitely. David. Yeah. He is so, basically like, like the Andy Pruninger, Andy Pruninger of um, Honda. Like oh, wow, he's cool. he's like he like the guy that runs the GT department at Porsche. That's awesome. This dude is so effing cool. So it yeah, so, so let's funny. let's get yeah. back to Good okay. Life. I'm okay, sorry. so we're doing five events, or I'm doing five events. I don't know if Palin's coming with me for all of them, but the main one is Midwest Fest, which is in June. Mm-hmm. 
Then it's Autobahn, which is in Illinois. I know Autobahn. And then we're doing what is it, New Jersey? Mm-hmm. And then Lime Rock. And then and then I'm doing. Uh, what's the next one? Mid Ohio, oh, right. which Mid is Ohio. my my favorite track. Though. All right. Well, I'll definitely get the Lime Rock. And then Lime Rock. Definitely Lime, the Lime Rock. Lime Rock's the last one for me, which is in August. I want to so. do, I definitely want to do Lime Rock. Um, I wouldn't mind if I have some time helping you out because I always feel guilty when you're driving across the country and then you have to race the next day. Oh, we've gotten it down to a science. I but know, awesome. but like, I would rather you just sleep in the back and I can, I can bang out like six or seven hours of driving. It's funny because and... I, I am not comfortable driving the race. <laughs> Yeah, Pound doesn't. I like feel it. bad because he's just like, oh, I'm just riding in the back seat, just like you know, like <laughs> I'm the back there the gas, checking you know? emails and yeah, stuff, just, just editing just videos. TV, you yeah, know? it would be more fun if there were more people in the rotation, you know, because like I feel terrible like, oh, like, it's, watching it's you guys drive, and I'm just like, you guys aren't sleeping. That's going to do it for today. I'm sorry. That was like a very bizarre conclusion to the podcast. We ran and ran and ran and there was no natural conclusion. So I just had to cut it. I just had to say, all right, we're done. This is the thing. We <laughs> we have talked about enough. And, I, you know, I can always sit down and talk to them for hours. And especially because the three of us are just complete scatterbrains. It's very easy to do that. It's very easy to do that. And uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to spending more time with them. In the field, I want to go to a grid life event with both of them. Hopefully, that's going to be Lime Rock at the very least, if not, you know, a nice long road trip in the SRT Durango towing Eddie's uh, 10th gen Civic Type R race car alongside our friend Powen. So we'll see how that goes this spring and summer. Thank you guys so much for supporting the YouTube channel, the Patreon page. Really, if you're giving a dollar a month or $10 a month, it all adds up. It really helps um, keep a lot of this stuff alive. It keeps me feeling a lot more confident and comfortable keeping gas in the cars, making things happen. It's amazing. Thanks for listening to the Respect the Drive. Thanks. Let's try that again. Thanks for listening to the Respect the Drive podcast. I'm Tedward. I'll see you in the next one. And don't you forget to respect the drive.